0: Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the monthly LGBTQIA storytelling night I host and program. This week's story was part of a special event where I invited pairs of queers to share a tale together. Lovers, family, couples, friends, queer stories two by two, celebrating all forms of queer love. Next up, theatre critics Benjamin Noitzi and Cassie Tung. The year is 2001.
1: Sydney is riding high on the unique and misguided sense of national pride that comes with a major sporting event.
0: (laughs) Nikki Webster has just transformed Olympic glory into pop glory with the release of the enduring classic and total banger Strawberry Kisses.
1: (laughs) And, and Bardo has managed to overcome the difficult second album phase, following up their self, self-titled masterpiece with the release of "Play It Like That. And although Katie Underwood had quit the band, the new four-member lineup looked as though they would stand the test of time. After all, all of the biggest and best bands in pop history had four members: Abba, The Beatles, and Destiny's Child in its original and finest lineup. <laughs>
0: We should probably just take a break here and confess that we initially wanted to use this slot to uh, promote our original cabaret. It's called uh, Just Remember I Can Be Poison," the Katie Underwood story. (laughs) But Maeve told us that we should talk about our relationship.
1: Although I, I would argue that an outline of our barter related dream musical theatre projects, and yes, more than one, um, it, it would probably just reveal more about us, but, but this is the story we've been allowed to tell.
0: Two households, both alike in untapped camp sensibility. One in Fair Dubbo, the other in Fair Greystains, where we lay our scene. In Greystains, an 11-year-old boy had spent the better part of summer devouring Kylie Minogue's magnum opus Light Years. If you're not familiar with Kylie's discography, this is the album with Spinning Around and On A Night Like This...
1: And, and Your Disco Needs You, a song a song with, with more gayness in its first four bars than this entire venue, like... <laughs>
0: Anyway, something miraculous had happened. That boy's parents booked him tickets to Kylie's On A Night Like This tour. The boy managed to stay fairly chill throughout most of the concert, which is lucky, considering that just a few years earlier, he wet his pants at Grease The Arena Spectacular. And that only starred Danny Minogue. (laughs) But the point is, he was pretty chill until the 80s medley. Uh, So... (laughs) Dressed head to toe in red leather, Kylie stepped back in time before launching into never too late, wouldn't change a thing and turn it into love. But the medley still had its sweet, sweet climax to come. The beat broke down and Kylie's backing dancers in their sparkly gridiron-inspired costumes (laughs) fell into line the beat began to build and then suddenly it burst into cool and the gang's triumphant celebration and that boy sitting just a few rows from the back of the sydney entertainment center leapt to his feet and squealed wahoo, <laughs> wahoo. <laughs> for christmas that year the boy was given the dvd filmed at that unforgettable concert And although he always skipped over the song where her female dancers did a pole dance, he repeatedly watched the special feature in which the male dancers spoke about splitting their sailor pants. (laughs) Sailor pants. (laughs) Four years later, when his parents learned that the boy was gay, they were surprised.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, in Dubbo, we're still in 2001, a 17-year-old overachiever had just completed her four-unit HSE English exams a whole year early. And, yeah, I know, like, she was riding out to the end of year 11 on a high. Unfortunately, she was too busy working at her part-time McDonald's job to go to any of the cool backyard bonfire parties around town with any of her cool friends, which she totally had. Um, so she was home after midnight from closing down the Cobras Street Macca's driveway. Through? Wait, Dubbo doesn't have a 24-hour McDonald's? Doesn't. Well, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that we're talking about another place in time. Um, so, so she'd just come home and she switched on Channel V just, you know, to wind down before bed. And there it was a pair of sequined shoes turning triumphantly on a not-so-lazy Susan, music building in the background, and then she appeared. A bombshell with a sleek brunette ponytail and glorious emerald glitter eyeshadow appeared. She locked eyes, those verdant wonderful eyes with the camera and sang, if you think you're getting away, I will prove you wrong. On screen, a cutthroat dance battle to the death. It was murder on the dance floor. But in the family room of 16 Coral Crescent, there was a different kind of skirmish, a visceral awakening of a young lesbian soul. Uh, She didn't come out until she was 20, so the boy from Greystains won.
0: We're not saying that pop music turned us gay, although it's a possibility. (laughs) But but we are saying that our ability to find ourselves in hidden meanings while reading through pop lyric lines, and probably also our complete lack of good taste in music, has made us excellent theatre critics. Uh, We are held in almost disturbingly high regard by a few people, and it's odd. (laughs) <laughs> we, we actually uh, first met uh, very briefly at a forum for emerging critics in 2012 we didn't really speak much at that first meeting he had that kind of hard I will eat you alive face on that quite a few gay men have in their early 20s <laughs> you know you... <laughs> yeah that one <laughs> it's the one that you learn eventually is actually masking some insecurities and a really lovely soul but in the moment I was really intimidated
1: she was wearing Pac-Man earrings
0: <laughs> okay one one was Pac-Man and one was a ghost
1: I remember it's fine
0: <laughs> we became friends though at an Elaine Page concert for those who Oh, well, there's a few. But for those of you who don't know who Elaine Page is...
1: Congratulations.
0: <laughs> she's, uh, Elaine Page has been England's leading lady of the stage since, uh, I don't know, the war? Trojan. <laughs> the first thing we really bonded over was that despite having a backing singer, she opted to perform a duet with a flute.
1: Yeah, it was um, I know him so well from the musical chess, which, which actually, yeah, it, it has you know, a really sweet call and response thing going on, so it, it sounded a little something like this. Apparently I'm doing this. Um, wasn't it good? Wasn't he fine?) Anyway, this, this moment has deeply informed our critical practice, we promise. It's, it's the type of meeting of the minds as critics that make you feel, you know, totally justified when you drop opinions like, this Shakespeare cult has gone too far.
0: Too far.
1: Or, or Legally Blonde is the most perfectly constructed musical of its decade. Or even The World Has Waited Too Long for that Don't Impress Me Much, the Shania Twain (laughs) musical.
0: That one's going to open in Vegas, we think.
1: Well, who (laughs) else would have it? Like...
0: But all of this has also informed our friendship. We find shared joy in the ridiculous and we stick up for each other in low moments. He's the first person to hear my great or terrible news and we've spent uh, at least the last three years in a constant long-running conversation that we occasionally pause to do work or hang out with other friends. Um, My mother, half a dozen arts publicists and early 90s rom-coms all think we should get married. But I just feel lucky every day to have found a person to face life with who also has the same correct feelings about which melon is the worst.
1: Rock melon. (laughs) (laughs) Good company, good company.
0: We also have the same opinions on who is brilliant.
1: Colin Moody, Stacey Orico and Chekhov.
0: And he is legit funny.
1: There was actually actually a bit here I was meant to ad-lib, but apparently not funny enough to do that.
0: (laughs) I will say though, when we wrote this, I handed the script back over to him and said, punch it up and make it funny, and you all laughed, so apparently he's good. Um, But but what I will say is that he is far more kind and caring than he will ever admit.
1: Yeah, cheers, that's a bit awkward. And, and Cassie is, like, legit one of the best people I've ever met. But Elaine Page never showed up at the stage tour that night, so...
0: <laughs> Neither did our flute.
1: And, and to be honest, you know, the, the thought of telling stories about myself, including, you know, wetting my pants in the presence of a minogue, um, it's, <laughs> it's... It's pretty terrifying, but with Cassie here, it is very nearly bearable. Um, but, but this has been more than enough, so thank you for listening to our presentation.
0: Thanks for listening. For tickets to the next Queer Stories, visit giantdwarf.com.au. To check out other events I produce and perform in, visit mavemarsden.com. And if you'd like advance or discount tickets to these shows, look me up on crowdfunding platform Patreon.